owners of a direct care practice are more likely to experience higher job satisfaction than the insurance-based practice, and it's no wonder why. Direct care is independent of insurance. Patients pay the doctor directly for their expertise. The doctor gets full autonomy in how they care for patients and how they get paid. We've chosen this path for the love of medicine. This is the direct care way. By listening to this podcast, you may even start to believe you too can have a successful direct care practice. Come listen with an open mind as I share my personal journey on how I pivoted from an insurance-based practice to direct care right in the middle of a pandemic and the valuable lessons along the way. This podcast may be the very thing you need to revitalize your medical practice. I'm your host, owner of a direct care podiatry practice, Dr. T. Nguyen. Hey there, welcome to episode five. What can you start doing now? So if you listen to previous episodes, I've already alluded to what you can do right now to start growing your direct care practice. Drop the lowest payer, increase non-covered services. But since I wanted each episode to stand on its own, I will elaborate here and encourage you to go through previous episodes so that you can form the bigger picture. Plus, the repetition is a good thing because each time you hear the same information, you actually process it differently. Your brain is different. And how beautiful is that? So first, let's talk about your why. As Simon Sinek has written in his book that he appropriately titled, Start With Why. Why is it important that you take this path? What's your end result? Because if money is your only driver, this is not going to work. It's just the fact of business life, along with the fact that we're all going to die. Money cannot be the only driver to a direct care practice because there are easier ways to make money than to put yourself out there subject to litigation from one patient to the next. And if you didn't know, the data is startling. One in three physicians will be sued, but we persist because we deeply care about our work. You really have to be driven by purpose, purpose to do better for your patients and for yourself. So I'll share my why. For me, I'm strongly driven by purpose. I had worked for a salary when, where it was really comfortable, even though it was less than my counterpart who made more than me, and he came after me. So maybe I resent the existence of a gender pay gap, but I'll digress. But I did the thing that I thought was right for me at the time. Got some clinical experience under my belt, realized this was not my path, and needed a solution. When I became pregnant, this experience really shined a light on the reality that unless I was my own boss, no one was really going to look out for my needs. I was simply serving the owners, and so I realized two very important things about myself. Number one. I'm not employable in the traditional sense. I need autonomy, I need creative opportunities, I need growth. And number two, owning my practice would be the only way to have freedom in my schedule. But there's a bit of an irony to this. So like many, I grew my practice within six months, it was busy. It was the insurance-based practice where the majority of my revenue was from insurance payment. But that was the wrong kind of busy. 
I was so stressed out about the volume, the staff that I needed to manage, the little time I had with patients. There was way too much charting and the money that just took forever to come in, if it came in at all. Then I kept hearing others talk about the same problems in their practice and over and over again, I just wasn't going to accept that this was just the way it was. I wasn't ready to leave medicine, but I also didn't want to work for insurance companies. So remember my number two, where I thought owning my own practice would be the only way to have freedom in my schedule? The irony is I did not have freedom in my schedule because I was working for the insurance company. When your business revenue is majority insurance-based, you are effectively working for the insurance company. You can send me an email to tell me otherwise. And some already know this, I make for a terrible employee. I did not want to work on behalf of the insurance companies in this way. So remember my reason number one, I'm just not employable. The control insurances have over a licensed medical doctor's practice was just suffocating. I had received several checks that were under five cents. It was five cents, two cents, and then a penny. I taped these on the wall with anger so that I would see them every day as I was charting my bloated chart notes. And so I made a decision that this was not the life I wanted. I was going to find another way, but I didn't know what that was going to look like. So my why went from because I just hate working for people to I can actually do better for patients and for myself. I can deliver care more efficiently. I can spend more time taking care of patients, which is what they were craving for already. A doctor who would just take the time to listen. And I can implement innovative solutions that people were already looking for without interference. My patient is the market. If they're unhappy, I can respond directly to them. It is my responsibility to see out problems and solve them. I can do this faster with a direct care model because I have the financial means to do so since I'm paid immediately. And I can do it quickly because I take away time on bloated charting. That's not necessary anymore. There's no middleman. I have the energy reserves to be more thoughtful about how I run my business and my failures and successes are my own. When I made the decision to drop the worst payer, this was the immediate benefits into my transition into direct care. Stress went down immediately. My staff was nervous. They weren't really sure what I was doing, but I had managed to convince them this was going to be fun. And sure enough, it started to become a snowball effect because I was then able to simplify my billing practices. I got rid of all the expenses related to billing, to collecting, dealing with claim denials, prior authorizations, oh, such a bad word these days, getting letters stating that because I overbilled, they're going to claim it back, requests for chart notes to medically justify the thing I recommended despite being a doctor, all that stuff. So of course, the stress, other stresses came up as it does with private practice, but billing was by far the worst problem I had. 
but I didn't realize it until I got rid of it that that was the biggest problem. So now it's important to know what I don't recommend, which is dropping all insurances at once without a financially feasible plan, unless you have the financial means to start over because most of your insurance paying patients will not stay. You can do your best to prepare them for the transition, but most will not stay and you have to accept that. And you know what? When patients change their insurance and you're not in network, they were going to move on anyway. Doctors are more attached to patients than patients are attached to us. And I know this one stings, doesn't it? It's okay. I've been there. Some had gone elsewhere and then they came back, which validated that what I was doing was pretty dang good. You also have to know there are others willing to pay out of pocket for your specialty care and focus on serving them. There are patients who have insurance but are choosing to pay cash for a variety of reasons. Maybe it's a high deductible or a personal choice. Or think about those who are uninsured or became uninsured. Or simply, insurance doesn't even cover what you offer. For podiatry, it could be custom orthotics or regenerative medicine, PRP injections in the office, and so on. So think about them as your ideal client moving on to this new model. From privately speaking with others, I found that many were able to break even at two to three years from going into a direct care model. From privately speaking with others, one can break even at two to three years. So be prepared for that. It's going to range due to specialty, your marketing efforts, the community, and so on. But your expenses are going to go way down and your stress is going to go down as well. And this is where your why will anchor you. There's a bigger picture. You're planting a seed now for future harvest. And this takes time, nurturing, and understanding of the process. Many times my husband who is happily employed saw the impact of my decisions and has said to me, why not get back on contract? And you know, my ego was not going to stand for that. And so I had to push through. I had to keep nurturing, working on my marketing message, my offers. And two years later, I'm finally on the other side. I'm where I want to be. So from idea to inception, that was about 18 months. And so I've already established the trajectory of the rest of my practice for the next 15, 20 years, if that's what I decide to do. And you can decide what you want to do as well. If I can give one recommendation, which I know I'm giving a lot, but one that you can do to start your journey, you're actually in the right place. Just listening to the podcast, just opening your mind to new opportunities by connecting with others as well who have the same mission, then you will find yourself feeling more confident that you can do it too. And someone had asked, what would I say to motivate someone else who's interested in this direct care model? And it would be this. There are less qualified people doing what you want to do just because they believe in themselves enough to actually do it. So let that marinate for a little bit. Listen, you're a doctor. You're a fast 
learner, you are a consumer of information, you can make this work with the right mindset and community that lifts you up. A common analogy you might have heard is that when a flower isn't blooming, you don't blame the flower. You evaluate the environment, maybe change something about the environment, relocate it even. Now, I don't mean to say you need to relocate your practice, but just think about what you have in place to help you flourish. That matters. You are not the problem. It's the system that needs to change. So what does your environment look like now? And you have to decide what needs to change. So what you can start doing right now is number one, start believing it can be done because the reality is it is actually being done. Don't enter into a race or start a journey with the mentality that you can't do it or you can't finish it. That is just counterproductive. You need to enter the space with the conviction that you're going to figure it out, that you're going to find a way to make it work. Did you enter medical school thinking that you wouldn't finish? No, you just took it day by day. You knew it took some work and you were committed. You had a plan. You survived the hardest set of times. You experienced things that maybe wasn't in your plan of action, but you got through it. And then you got your degree. Now you must do the same for your business. And number two, just reiterating, connect with others already doing it. And if you're listening to this episode, you are already at the right place. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe so more people like you can have access to another way of practicing medicine, the direct care way. Let's connect. Find my info in the show notes and send me your questions. It might be the topic for future episodes. And lastly, if you remember nothing else, remember this, you are in control of your life. See you next time.